Thank y'all for joining. This is the G Podcast, where we focus on family, friends, finances, freedom, and our future, and everything else. This is the G Podcast. We are live, and we got the one and only, the owner, the founder, the creator, Ashley Bakes Daily. We gonna get right into it. Let's go. Y'all already know what it is. Once again, this is the G Podcast, where we focus on family, friends, finances, freedom, and our future, and everything else. Ashley, thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Most definitely. Most definitely. So just a little before I, we, we get into the questions here, just to let people know the the product that she's bringing to the table. We're going to get into it throughout the episode, but... I got my first samples yesterday. I had six and I'm down to two. I, I tried to keep it half, but I could not keep the half, but I'm down to two. But we will discuss in more detail because you really do. I'm a, I'm a big cookie guy. And I got to say off the bat, these are some delicious cookies, I have to say. So shout out to what you got going on. I can't wait to learn more about it. So. You know, I, 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 I typically like to start with asking people where were they born? So I'm curious, where, where where are you from? What do you consider home? So I was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina, 910. I grew up on Bridal Drive, mostly. Okay. Um, right off Murchison Road. <laughs> so like you really from home. Fayetteville? Yeah. So I was 18, went to school, everything. Did you, did you? Did, did you end up in Fayetteville because of military affiliation or, or like, are your people actually from that area? So sort of. Um, my granddad was in the military and that's where they settled. But my mom mm. was a DOD civilian at Fort Bragg. So I was there for her job and she like she was never going to move. <laughs> so got it. I was got there. it. What, what high school did you go to in Fayetteville? I went to several. I went to Westover, then I went to Western Harnett, um, eventually Pine Forest. Just what was that like growing up in Fayetteville? Like, how would you just describe growing up in that city? I know a lot of people from Fayetteville will probably agree. Maybe not now, but like from when I was growing up, it wasn't really anything there but military. Mm. So it was like, if you was there, if you wanted to date, if you wanted to do anything, especially like as I got older, it was literally just those was my options but like even growing up being younger like 12 and 13 they'd be all in your face so for me i would have preferred to grow up somewhere else where like i could just like in durham i think my daughter will be fine at 12 or 13 and they'll just be good outside but like them soldiers don't care oh wow interesting like, interesting and i hate to say it like that but like they don't they don't care and I looked older and I hate it because my daughter looked older too. So I'm glad that I'm growing up where I'm growing up, but even now I keep her out the streets. So, wow. So you feel like that that, that dynamic of, of soldiers and, and the intertwining was, was something that, that you had to deal with in Fayetteville growing up? Early. Oh yeah. Hmm. Probably for me too early. And like, I have a sister and she's nine years older than me. From like nine to 18, I was kind of by myself. So my mom was there, but at that point, I was the second child. My mom, she she was getting on the age for having like a young teenage daughter. So I just feel like I would have enjoyed my childhood more in a in a less militarized zone. Interesting, 
Interesting. I don't know if it's better now because I don't ever go home anymore because I don't have any family there anymore or anything. So there's no purpose in me going back. But I, you know, I hope that it's better now. You don't, you don't, you don't go, you haven't, or you don't go back currently. Haven't nah. been back in a while. I went back to see my, my niece because she was there visiting like some other people because she lives down in Georgia now. So I was there visiting her, but we went to the park and then we came right back to Durham. Okay. Got it's just it. no good memories for me there. Oh, wow. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. No good memories. Just what what was it like growing up in the household? Like, who was it? Was it you and mom? Was it you and any siblings? Just what was the house household like growing up in Fayetteville? So in the beginning, it was me, me and my sister. I don't really remember like a whole a bunch of my childhood. Like before she kind of moved out, which is probably normal. The regular stuff, her doing my hair and stuff like that, I remember. But beyond that, once my sister moved out, my mom kind of had like boyfriends the whole time. So I was by myself or not by myself. Um, mm -hmm. But I just feel like the way I grew up, I parented myself a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Probably why I'm a helicopter parent now. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so I, 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 I will circle back to that. So, yeah. so you grew up, Basically, you, an older sister, your mom, and, you, and you've already hinted that that has impacted how you parent now. So before we even get to that, like, so you go through your childhood at Fayetteville. What, what did you end up doing after high school? I'm curious. Oh, I went to A&T. You went to A&T. <laughs> Okay. That's okay. HBCU in the nation. <laughs> we'll shout out. We'll shout out A&T. Absolutely. Aggie Pride. We'll shout them out. So why, like, growing up in Fayetteville, did you always know you wanted to go to A&T? <clears throat> Any other options out there for you at the time? Like, what, what what were you thinking around that time period? So what's crazy is that I took my SATs in ninth grade because I knew I was going to want to go to college. It was kind of pushed on me. I already knew that that decision was made, but I took them early and I applied to A&T and I got in so that I, I never even bothered applying to anywhere else. That was where I wanted to go. What was it about A&T that was just like, this is the only place that I'm interested in, in applying for you? For me, like anytime anybody talked about A&T, like the pride that was there, like I, I just knew that that would be a place where I would be able to enjoy myself and be able to like just kind of figure myself out versus going someplace like super far away from home and just... I wanted to be close, but not too close. Greensboro was right there. My aunt behind me lived in Durham. So I spent a lot of time in Durham when I wasn't in housing at A&T, like during the summer. So it was just a good central location. And I felt like I would be supported there. And I was, it was like, it was a great, great institution. So in your high school years, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Like, cause A&T was a known for engineering and whatnot. Like, I'm just curious, like what, what did you think you were going to pursue when you went from high school to A&T? So I actually um, started off as a poli sci major. I wanted to be an attorney. An attorney. Okay. Yeah. I like to argue a little bit. <laughs> um, a lot of bit or a little bit. <laughs> it was a lot of bit before. It's probably a little bit now that I'm a little older, but I also like, I'm a huge advocate, mm. not only for myself, but for other people. And I feel like to do that properly, Back then, I thought that you needed like all the schooling and stuff, but like turn, turns out you don't need it all. Like you just really need to be able to research well. I still had that same passion, but like that's originally what I was was going for. Eventually, I switched to sociology, which was incredible. I learned so much. In high school, were you doing any home ec classes? Like, 
They didn't have mm-hmm. homemaking at my school. Okay. My school. I was in that weird pocket of time when they had like switched over trying to get us to focus on like technology and they had like really stopped doing homemade when movies like the uh, Juno came out. I was like, we didn't bake no cakes at high school. <laughs> Where was they doing that? Like I was like real salty because I would have loved to do that. But we was in uh keyboarding for like three or four semesters and like it was like they were really focused on getting us ready, which Today, I can't be mad about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very good on a computer, so I can't be mad that that's what they had us focus on. Yeah, they definitely they definitely prepare us to work for 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 their their institutions to yeah. be efficient workers. Yep. But, but but like, I guess you said you would have loved to take those classes. I'm curious, like, what were you baking in those Fayetteville Nothing. years, if anything at all? You weren't were um, you cooking anything, grilled cheeses? Like, did you have a passion to cook? Like, what, what were your passions at that time? Living, staying alive, being like happy, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't even think I had the like, the space <laughs> to want to like, wow, to like want to cook or anything at that point. Mm-hmm. like. I wanted to cook for a little while, but my older sister, like the one time I mentioned it, was like, you got to do everything I do. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, it. so I didn't. And I just kind of never thought about it again until I got out of like the environment. Mm, interesting. So your sister cooked? Or- my sister went to culinary school for a year, I think. She didn't finish, but like cooking was her thing, which was great. But I was like, well, we can't both cook. Like, yeah, yeah. That, so when you when you shared that you had that that passion, it wasn't received in the way that that you uh, hoped it was. Nah, because you want your sister to be excited for you. You know, she's like a grown up. She's like an adult, and you're like, yeah, I want to do this, and just didn't. There was like z- zero support, and then honestly, seeing her not like finish and not mm-hmm. like be be pursuing it in any way, mm-hmm. sort of made me wonder if like there was going to be any money in it, and if I could like survive off of that. Because, like I said, growing up in Fayetteville, it was, let's see, there was K Fair Valley. People worked at the military base and retail, for real. So yeah. it was like I didn't really see people. So like you know, it, it wasn't the way it is now where you have all these people opening these businesses and a bunch of black, black-owned shops. Like, honestly, the black-owned shops in Fayetteville when I was growing up, like Vicks, like you walked inside and he was like, how are you open still? Like what, what, what time span are we talking roughly? If you don't mind, I don't, if you yeah. don't want to, if you don't want to no, show your age, that's good. fine. So I'm, 30, so I'm 37, so let's see, in 2000, I would have been 15. I think my math is right. So, so this we'll is like say, the J. Cole era, so to speak. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, okay. Why yeah, it's frustrating that he will never like respond to my stuff. I'll be at him. I'm like, bro, <laughs> we was in town at the same time. Come on, Cole. Right. Going on, so uh, you 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 definitely talking about like that 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 same time period that uh, if anybody listening, that's probably the one thing they they would reference when you hear about Fayetteville. If anybody outside of North Carolina knows Fayetteville, if it's not for the military base, it's going to be for J. Cole, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They, so it's people who probably know Fayetteville more than know North Carolina because Absolutely. of Cole. But so f- so for I guess f- for you personally, like, do you feel like made it? Like you said, you didn't have the space. What made it restrictive, in your opinion? I have to be sort of one of the adults in the house before I needed to be an adult in the house. Didn't give me the space that kids have when they have the privilege of remaining a child until they turn 18. So having honestly, like, I dealt with, like, my lights getting turned off when I was a kid, having to move all the time when I was a kid. Like, like it, it was rough for me to even, like, 
sit and think like I'm like the only thing I really used to dream about was getting out of my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was like getting away. Wow. And it's and it's 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 interesting to hear that because because well one you just never know someone's start and background and what they what they overcome in a, in a journey to to see like where you are today and to hear because I we haven't even got to where you found the the, the cooking I'm curious like did you so you said you wanted but you did there was a spark inside of you that wanted to cook did you get that from having to cook for yourself at that time period like where where did the like i think i like this sort of thing come from i like spicing up hamburger helper you feel me like it was fun, it was fun. <laughs> fun for me to like figure out new ways to try to like make it less stroganoff flavor to just give it something so for sure being in the kitchen and like having to try to figure out things that i could want to eat over and over again Trying yeah. to spike mac and cheese and stuff. Mom used to joke on me all the time because, like, the only mac and cheese I knew for a long time was Kraft. The easy mac. <laughs> but my Kraft slapped, though. You feel me? <laughs> it was good. So, yo, you have a way of taking things that already <laughs> exist and making it better. I'll say that right now because that f-ing fruity pebbles cookie <laughs> was better than a bowl of fruity pebbles. No I lie. That. Like, I appreciate that. Shout out to that, man. It doesn't matter how you feel. Better than a bowl of fruity pebbles. I got to say that, but oh my goodness. So so you were already like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Nah, so it took me years to figure out how I wanted to make that cookie. Mm, so let's get um, right to it. Let's just yeah. get right to this fruit. Because I'm, I'm this is the last one I'm going to eat. I'm not even going to take it out the wrapper here. It's, if I don't take it out the wrapper, you don't even quite get the justice. Because I, I, I'm, I'm saving this one because it's going to be the last one. Because I, but I, I, we'll, we'll break this one a little later, though. This is the s'mores right here. We'll break it a little later, a little preview for them. But. <laughs> you said it took years. Like, w- yeah. what year did this cookie? We'll get right to this. Like, what year did we start even thinking about a Fruity Pebbles cookie? So, I saw a picture of a cookie somebody had rolled in cereal, and it immediately bothered me mm-hmm. because I was like, the chemistry of the cereal is such that it's gonna get soggy, and the way Fruity Pebbles are when they get stale is the way to me cookies like that taste. Like when you roll them in something, like that's. That's the way they tasted me. So it took me a really long time to figure out, okay, how how am I going to get all this fruity pebble, like pebbles flavor that I'm looking for mm. into this cookie without doing what everybody else is doing, just mixing the regular cereal in the dough. So because honestly, I could put just about anything in my regular dough and like it's going to taste good, but I wanted it to be great. <laughs> because I yeah. want people to think what you thought, like I just ate a whole bowl of cereal, like, Where's the box and the milk? Like that's that that's what I needed for it, it to be. Until I got it there, I just wasn't willing to put it out. It's a lot of cookies in the closet right now that I'm just trying to work out. <laughs> hey yo, please like, can I can I be a guinea pig? Like <laughs> if you just like yo, I got some random joints. I need I, I just need some, like please put me in the yeah. tasting program because I need that. Money no, I got for real. So, so it took years. So I'm curious, like how many years though did you say would it take to perfect this one cookie? The Fruity Pebbles, John. I would say it was probably like a year and eight months. Oh, wow. From starting from from like the first time I thought about it to the day I finally let somebody taste one. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's 
I appreciate that level of commitment and research to yeah. the process. So, so did you study chemistry or some sort of science at A&T? Because no. you, it sounds I like did. you got that, that, that scientific, I, I guess with baking is precision, which I do understand from a cooking standpoint, but did you, were you drawn to the sciences having gone to A&T? No. So I really liked science like in general, but I didn't like, follow through with like any intense science class or anything like that but i just like science i like science i like nature excuse me like so anything that is gonna help teach me something is always something i'm gonna be into mm -hmm. so any science show to come on ooh, figure this out like and it's crazy because when you're in school and you're like when am i ever gonna use this this is dumb why do i need it i use every single bit of every math class right <laughs> so much of my science every day where like I have to go and think back, even when it comes to like food safety, like this is a very unpopular opinion, but I don't think cheesecake needs to be put in cookies. And why is that? Um, Because baked or unbaked cheesecake need to be in the fridge. Mm. So if you're not refrigerating your cookies, mm. make it make sense. And that's why people will be like, oh, can you put no, I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not. <laughs> Dang. So, yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's a very so, unpopular opinion. People don't agree with me, but I'm like, make it make sense. How if cheesecake itself got to be in the fridge, why is this cheesecake mix that you put into a cookie doesn't? I, it, I, it, it boggles my mind. That's a crazy point. So that what you said, though, I do want to highlight because it has been a reoccurring theme on the podcast and I hope it's something that the, the younger generation does catch on to because all of us were in school thinking we're never going to use this. Shit, so why are we here? You know what I'm saying? Like we, we were all in school thinking those things. And now we're in these professions, whether it be entrepreneurial or working, getting a check, whatever. And you're doing basically everything you learned to do you when you were in school. Like, like you, you need to be able to calculate that stuff almost immediately. And that's basically what they try, try to teach you is, hey, don't rely on the calculator because <laughs> when I'm in a meeting with somebody, I don't want to have to pull my calculator out to decide if I like their percentage amount or not. Like, I want to be able to know, mm -mm, I don't like it. It's right. too low. Or right. that's great. Let's go and hop on it. Because if you're taking that time to pull it out, one, you probably haven't run your numbers, which you need that math to do also. And two, that gives them time to be like, mm, maybe that was the wrong number to throw out. Right. Right. So definitely okay. stay in school and pay attention. So what did you what did you study at A&T and did and did you end up finishing there? Sociology um, was what I studied, which is you know, like the study of people. And much to my aunt's dismay, I have not finished it. OK, OK. <laughs> And why it was would you and I was paying for it myself? OK, OK. <laughs> so you so even going to school, you were still very much like trying to take care of yourself, so to speak, yes. and 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 put yourself through school. Really working full time, sometimes working more than one job. Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot. And at some point I was like, like, I'm a whole adult right now. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you. So when you left school, like, where did you end up going? I'm curious, like from Greensboro, so, like what? what? To, so I went from Greensboro um, to Atlanta. Atlanta. And word. I was in Atlanta for six, seven years. Six, seven years in Atlanta. So yeah, that was a wild time. Like what made you go to Atlanta? Initially, it was a girl I was dating, honestly. Okay. Okay. Um, but I stayed because... Like, who doesn't love Atlanta? Okay. You were dating a girl 
And like, how did she get you to Atlanta? I'm curious. Like, like, was there? Oh like man, a- my heart. Nah, man. I just like I'm like I have a huge heart. <laughs> okay. And once I commit and decide on somebody, like that's that's where I'm at until you f- up, and then I'm not <laughs> no more. But like, you know, my heart's big, so I was in it. I was like, f- it. I think I was working for Apple at the time, and I was like, mm, I can transfer to Atlanta. That's fine. There's stores in Atlanta. I made friends with one of the people that worked at my store that knew somebody at the Atlanta store, and they was like, Yeah, we'll transfer to them. Okay. Interesting. Like I, I, I respect the romantics. I consider myself a romantic, so I, I do respect the people who are willing to like say, you know "What? I'm going to just change this because why not?" You know what I'm saying? You only live once. That is a fact. That is a fact. What was that like? Because you go from Fayetteville to Greensboro <laughs> to Atlanta. Like, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I felt like I had been in a bubble my whole life. Like, you know, I would imagine Greensboro to Fayetteville is an adjustment, but then was. going to Atlanta, like what what were some of those key adjustments that you remember having to, to, to face at the time? Seeing things that I thought like so how like like when you grow up, maybe not now because the curtain has been pulled back for us now. But before it's like you saw somebody on TV, it was like How'd they make that happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or when you heard a song um, before I had ever stepped into a studio, I didn't know how any of that worked. Mm-hmm. So just, and then learning that some things that I saw weren't real at all, that like, it was just all fake, mm-hmm. was crazy to me. Like things, things that I had believed, I was like, oh, that's super cool. Total lies. Like, like what's an example that like, if, if you don't mind sharing. The way people were living their lives, like, mm-hmm. or like how tall people were. <laughs> I remember, I, 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 I remember the first time I saw some of like the male superstars, like Usher and people <laughs> like that. And I was like, oh, you come to my chest. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. You look so big on TV. Like how, how, how are you only here? So it just, and just seeing like the, 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 the huge houses and things like that, that like, we might have some of those mega mansions like up here now and like in Fayetteville now, but like the houses in Atlanta, like, and the way the apartments were, just like everything was so different for me. Like, and I say I grew up in a bubble because my mom would try to really keep me like in the house. My sister was wild. So my mom tried to really keep me in the house under wraps. When I got to Atlanta, I was like, what's all this? Well, I had a little bit before I left Fayetteville because we we can rewind a little bit. Um, When I turned 18, I I say stay in school, but I sound like a hypocrite because I definitely dropped out and went back to night school and finished. A lot of people don't know that about me. I was very tired of being in school. I was over it. I never liked school, hated high school every single day of it. Um, Because again, I had to grow up really fast. So for me, high school wasn't enjoyable. And then I was like, I quit. And then I was like, I got to graduate at least. Because my mom was really wanted that. My aunt really wanted that. And I was like, uh, I'll be happier knowing that I at least have a high school diploma. So I graduated, again, was already accepted. So literally, I just had to finish school to get into A&T because I had like my SAT scores were high in ninth grade. They were like, yes, you're in. So I graduated, but like before I left, I worked like the front door at a strip club. So you I knew were. a little bit. Um, Yo, which strip club? In Fayetteville you know, or in, Gre- in Greensboro? It was in Fayetteville and I wish I could remember the name of it. Okay, um, I don't even know the name of those strip clubs in Fayetteville. I can't lie to you. But the guy only had like four fingers on one hand. <laughs> and Word. I feel like his name was magic, but like when I tell you that, that part of my life is a blur. 
Because <laughs> I wasn't getting no sleep. I was up all night. Like, it was crazy. But yeah. when I moved to Atlanta, I was like, okay. I had seen Magic City and stuff in, like, music videos on, like, BET Uncut. And I was like, okay. But going in there for the first time, I was like... What year is this? Like, are we talking BMF era Atlanta? Like, was this like... I think I was right after that. Mm -mm. Mm, this, this, okay, word. This was like, I'll say 2007. Like okay, 2006, okay. 2007. So Jeezy um, had already dropped at this point. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, High school parties, college parties. I remember like Jeezy mm -hmm. and like, no, I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't go out that often. No, but Jeezy, um, Jeezy, Jeezy was the thing. But I definitely like remember yeah. constantly hearing that, pulling up the parties and stuff and being like, okay. But I didn't, like, I really, I really didn't go out. Um, Atlanta definitely changed that for me a lot because I worked in nightlife. So that was an interesting transition for me. And you know, I definitely have to give credit to Jason Williams. Um, he runs Dirty Boy Social Club um, down in Atlanta. And I was working at um, a Chinese place. I can't remember the name of that one either. Real popular, stayed open real late. Chinese Buddha. There you go. Super popular in Atlanta mm. because they stayed open till like three o'clock. Word. I was working there um, and I met Michi, who was a member at the time of the Dirty Boy Social Club. And I had decided I wanted to be a rapper. And he was like, Let's put you on stage there. So oh, I did my word. first. I was convincing. Okay. That's so what wait, had you had you had you done any sort of like raps or songs before going to Atlanta? Like had no. you been in your bag as like a no. songwriter or anything? No, no. Did you journal? <laughs> yes. Was definitely okay. a poet, definitely like used to write, but was never like, I'm gonna be a rapper. I also mm -hmm. didn't think it was possible. Again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't think it was possible until um, I saw saw how the actual like process went. And yeah. I was like, I can do that. I didn't know mm -hmm. that it was like that when I was practicing before my very first time in the studio, I thought you needed to go in and do it all in one take. So when I go to the studio, I'm ready. It's all right. one take for me. I'm not going in, cutting in, still writing. Like I'm going in ready because I thought that's what you had to do. Right. Until I went to the studio with somebody and I was like, you cutting in every other bar. But that's the process. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, I, I <laughs> never knew that I even could do that. So when I saw saw the opportunity, I was like, man, like you can do whatever you want here. Is you know, the way it felt for me. It was mm -hmm. like, I can do anything. And working for Jason was crazy because I was so timid and like gentle and shy and quiet and would let people talk all over me then. And he was basically like, you got to man the f up. You ain't gonna oh, make wow. it. And he taught me not to panic. Mm. And my daughter gets that on all like on a regular basis. Oh, like even like like <laughs> like like immediately if she's starting to panic, I'm like, don't panic because you know, what he would tell me was if you panic, you're not gonna figure anything else out. Right. That, yeah. you know, stopping that panic. And he would say that because when we were working at night, if things would go like what would happen. He needed me not to panic. Mm -hmm. So for me, growing up a lot, figuring out you know, how to like really stand up for myself and not let people run all over. I'm still soft as hell. Like I ain't like I'm not gonna hold you. Like I'm still a whole marshmallow inside. But I definitely don't let people walk all over me no more. I'm I like I'm for sure gonna put my foot down and walk away. So if I care, it takes me a little longer. But if I don't care, you definitely not gonna even get close to walking on me. Word, word, word. So I appreciate you sharing that. But but so hold up. So you so but as it relates to the raps, like how would you describe your rap sound? 
So I say initially when I started out, I was probably putting out more graphic stuff than Megan is now. So a more graphic um, man. Yeah, before it was like, okay. Like mm -hmm. before people was like, I do remember I would listen to people like Shauna growing up. Uh -huh. Shout out to Shauna. I would be like, I really like that. When I first started rapping, I was like really on that. I had written a song, song for the strip club, recorded that one. And then I recorded like my like first EP, um, which, which was I mean, pretty tracks. cool. It was only three, mm -hmm. um, but they were so well engineered. I'm just telling you, I've had, <laughs> I've had a bunch of jobs too, because I don't stay, stay places, but every place I've ever worked, I've met somebody that I didn't know I was going to like need later. And I would make connections. It was like, I was always in the right place at the right time. Even, even still now, I really feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. All the mm -hmm. times I met. Um, this girl who I credit with like ever teaching me about like what the secret was. I know some people really believe in that and like the power of like positivity. Like the, book, and the book, the secret. Yeah. But she <clears throat> sat me down, down one day and was like, hey, this is what I'm kind of into. But she also was like never judgy because, um, you know, I was still pretty broke. She was never judgy. We would kick it. She was like a huge smoker. She's um Native American. She's incredible. And she she was a party promoter where she was from. And we were working at a call center together. Um, but she ended up, she was like talking to an engineer who was like crazy plugged in and his engineering skills are crazy. So for me to have been able to get my first album engineered by him was wild. I would take any extra time he had. Right, like right. I was like in the little room that was almost a closet. I didn't care because I was like, I'm going to put the tracks down. We just got to get it. For me, I don't know if it's still out there because I'm that piff. Shout out to that piff. I had a couple gone. projects on that piff too. That is what's up. Uh, Shout out to that piff. Um, but I was able to get uploaded because again making connections so for me that like it was wild to be able to do that and like i remember that was the summer i remember i dropped on 421 year <laughs> I had to go Word. back and look at what year it was honestly <laughs> but to be able to like go to all the parties and like to like know that people were actually like excited that i was putting something out and like yeah. we're playing it and like we're interested in it it, it was it was crazy to me because i actually had like like CDs pressed, everything like it, it was wild. That's actually how I met my first daughter's dad okay. from a CD I had pressed. From a, so hold up, so what do you mean? So so you got to give me this story. You met from a CD you had pressed. Were you like doing hand in hand sales? Like what 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 was going on? So I used to live in Edgewood, and if anybody know what Edgewood used to look like in Atlanta before they gentrified it, I used to live in like the little brick apartments that you could walk to Target from. So I used to walk to Target at night when I would need, need something because um, apparently I thought I was invincible. So I would just walk <laughs> walk to Target at night, and I, I had walked to Target one night, and I actually met um, my daughter's uncle, and I had given him a copy of the CD. Mm. And then um, he started following me on Instagram, and then... Her dad started following me on Instagram. And then me and her dad linked up. Shout out to Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so at this point in Atlanta, so is it fair to say when you went to Atlanta, you didn't necessarily have a plan? I did. Oh, my God, no. I had no no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew and I didn't want to not do something that I like that I wanted to do. 
I just didn't right. know what it was exactly. Right. I had was... started baking by then though, um, because okay. I started baking a little bit in college. I did in Greensboro. I figured out that I was like, okay, but even even then, because I started baking off like like so. I first first started baking like freezer cookies, but I was yeah. trying to figure out how to get yeah. the freezer cookies perfect. Me too. Me too. Because I was like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's stay right there for a second, guys. Every. They gotta bake some freezer cookies, but they not all the same. They not all the same. They not all the same. You tell me what your opinion is, but I think the key to the perfect freezer cookie. Well, one, you gotta know your oven because every oven not the same. You need you need a six dollar thermometer. Anybody that's having trouble baking right now. Go and get a thermometer and figure out what temperature your oven is really on. That's, that's all gonna you gotta cure, do. That's going to cure like half the half a the battle right there. Yes. Okay, I, I do agree because you go from one stove to the next with the same timing, it's going to throw stuff off. So you got to know your stove. I would say in general, the key to the to the to the to the store bought joints that's already like where you just break them off and throw them on is people don't realize the cookies still cook after you take them out. So you got to take them take them out a little bit earlier than what you think so that they don't get too crispy. That's that that's my opinion on the on the frozen cookie. Like what 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 do you think is the perfect way to bake those store bought frozen joints? So that's true. For one, they like you definitely should pull them out before they're dark cuz if they dark, they're going to be crispy at the end and you you're going to be mad. Frisbees. But also take them out when you're heating the oven up because if they're too cold when they go in the oven if you do cook them based on the temperature you still you still might get a cookie that's almost raw in the middle because you're not listening to the packaging people read over the back of the package and be like okay I'm going to turn the oven on then take the like then take them out put them on the pan throw them in there you like you can't do that you can but then you don't get what you want right right great point yeah, cuz they don't thaw out a little bit get the temperature that you be having that raw cookie on the inside of facts and then they're like but i baked it for the time and did but they were still co like cold in the middle when you cook cook meat and you're supposed to take it out like 30 minutes before so that way it can come kind of the room temperature so it cooks mm -hmm. evenly it's the same it's the same concept okay so that's the frozen cookies i know we I, let me tell y'all something these mud hey Fresh, never frozen. These actually based daily. These are these are these are handmade goodness. But but your you you started with the frozen joint. So okay, I, I went on a little tangent there. So let's go back to the college days when you was baking the frozen joint. So that's when you first sort of started to figure out like you got to think what was it even about just the frozen cookie that was like what something about this. So I used to get the cookies from the mall when I worked at Apple, mm. and it was like. Raw in the middle. What mall? What mall were, were you working at? Uh, whatever the mall is in Alpharetta, North Point, North. No, that's yeah, maybe, maybe North Point Mall. Okay, word, word. Maybe. Okay, I don't remember the name honestly. honestly. <laughs> okay, I okay. guess what's funny is like I'm always saying that like we don't make your memory bad, but it might. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might. Be, I can't recall like the deep details. I probably could if I sat here long enough, but I don't know. No, that's that's. Hey, look, that's fair. That's fair, and and other stressors as well. So we can't yeah. control for just the marijuana. So just be yeah, fair to true. marijuana. We have to be fair. So what? Uh, so you were working at the Apple at the mall, and you went to the spot, and you said their joints was raw. They would be like raw in the middle still. Like mm. when you really want a cookie. And you buy a cookie and it's whack. You pissed off. <laughs> like yeah, that's true. I would like be mad at work and I'd be like, you know "What? 
let me just let me just go and buy something i would go and buy like the frozen cookies and i got them to the point where i was like these are these are pretty good yeah. And I would start like give, giving them to my friends and stuff like that. Like I used to live around the corner from my friend Kamisha. Shout out to Mises. She hate that name. She's probably gonna beat me up. <laughs> I don't care. But like like we used to live like I lived in the front upstairs and she lived in the back downstairs. We would play like we and stuff and I would be like, Okay, I'm gonna cook it, throw something in the oven. And I remember one day I made these like pecan chocolate chip mm. joints from Nestle out the freezer and like when they came out perfect that like folks couldn't figure out they was out the freezer, I said, Okay. Figured that out. Now I got to move on to something else. Mm. So what was that something else initially? Was it always cookies? Was it anything yeah. else? So I went from that to box mix. And then what were some of those OG box mixes? Um, The Krusties is the best box mix on the market. Krusties. I don't even know if they make it anymore. That's, I don't even know what that is. Krusties. T-R-U with the little dots over it. I think it's German. Mm, okay. white, white box. They make like, like a lemon bar mix and like chocolate muffin mix and stuff. But their cookie mix was the best cookie mix. And then second to that would be like the little Betty Crocker bags. But they kind of trash. Yeah. Yeah. You're like you got to do a lot to those to get them straight. Interesting. 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 We starting this. So, okay. We starting. So hold up. So what? But before we get to, so you so so you you were so were you before you went to Atlanta were you already dealing with the box mixes or were you still frozen? No, I was already making box mix. When did we get to? Let me try my first scratch cookie. I was living with my aunt for summer school, for real, for real, and I was going to parties. Like I was like going to like kickbacks that her friend friends would have because I was like very boring. I was like hanging hang, 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 hanging out with like the cooler adults um, instead of like trying to find parties my own age because I was like a little more comfortable. I remember I baked some white and black chocolate chip cookies for like some of the parties and I, I was like this is fun. And black chocolate. Oh my god. They like would, would love them. And I was mm. like, okay. Wanted something. Um, but then honestly I moved to Atlanta and I probably didn't bake for years. You had made your first scratch cookie but then left and didn't make cookies for years for real i think i made like a couple brownies here and there and i started making edibles for real but i still wasn't making cookies i was making like rice krispie treats and making brownies but cookies just yeah. wasn't wasn't on the, wasn't on the menu for me so okay i'm gonna break this one open this s'mores cookie now this cookie man like just the weight of this mother Man, like every single cookie is three and a half ounces. Three and a half. You get the eighth in a cookie. Oh my goodness! Like <laughs> so the funniest thing is that that's exactly why they weigh that. Oh man, that is. Oh man, I'm lit off of that. Hold up. All right, because I'm just saying the weight of the cookie is substantial. Let's be clear. But your first black and white chocolate chip cookies, did they look like this? No. Or what mm -hmm. like what what, no. what type of cookie? Cause this is a different kind of this just these just ain't regular cookies. So what was that first hand scratch? Or they were definitely more like the ones. Oh no, they were for sure, sure by hand. I don't think that they were even. They were probably the same level as the ones in the freezer. Mm. So they weren't bad, but they weren't thick, and they weren't like the cookies I make now by any means. Mm. I hadn't learned the importance of like the flour you use or anything else at that point. I hadn't figured any of that out. And then you went to Atlanta and and didn't get. So you you had other creative, I guess 
passions mm-hmm. that you tapped into in your Atlanta years? Like what what then made you then go back to the cookie? Being, like when being did you out get of nightlife. Being in nightlife? Being out out of it when I got pregnant with my daughter. Ah. Um okay. and I had to calm and sit down. <laughs> Mm. Um, Were you having like cookie cravings because of pregnancy, or like what? What was like the thing? I that think ultimately- I just had the time on my hands again, and when I would want something, I was like, "Well, I got time to try to make it, so let me just do that." And then when I was with him, that was rough, even. Mm. So for part of that time, like I didn't have a car. We like where we were living wasn't like accessible. Mm. So I had to kind of just figure out what I was gonna do with stuff that was in the house. Mm. I would make sure I had you know the ingredients to make things, but I just slowly but surely worked on it. I started with the cheapest cheapest ingredients and like had to use more flour than I do now and stuff like because it. It really makes a difference. So slowly but surely, my recipe got better and better and better. But even like when I moved from Georgia uh, to Durham, when we first separated, I didn't bake anymore either because mm. I went straight to working. So mm. I went you know, to like corporate and I was in corporate because you know, I had like I had a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me do what I got to do for her and make sure I'm ma- making enough money to have a good life for her. I w- wasn't probably going to go back to baking. So at that point, before you went to corporate and you were starting to pick it up as as a as a passion, how would you rate those cookies? Like oh. if, if if Fruity Pebbles is a ten, they was probably a strong eight. Oh, okay. The oh, cookies yeah. was the cookies were still slaps, even still. Yeah, early if you on. scroll back far enough on my personal Instagram, you can see like the early cookies, mm. <laughs> and they they're not too far off. Mm. They just weren't these um, but i wasn't doing how you you listen to what everybody else has to say and then you finally listen to yourself about like how to do it what to use whether or not you should do certain methods or not i just had to finally listen to myself and what felt good for me and i do God. everything by hand i don't if the butter has to be like room temp i'm not baking till it get to where it need to be at because mm. it's gonna make a difference in the cookie like if you melt it it's gonna make a difference. There's definitely good cookies that like you can use with brown butter, but even when I make those, I make the brown butter and I refrigerate it, and then mm-hmm. I bring it back to room temp. So okay, because you, you even said like like just like the ingredients from a just without giving away your sauce, right? Like yeah. just from a what ingredients make a cookie? Just like basics, like if you was to say to make basics? a cookie, like basics. Um, basics. I think you need butter, actual butter, real butter, not margarine. Unsalted or salted, does that matter? It's a preference. Um, Honestly and truly, it's a preference. You need some sort of leavening, um, be it baking powder, baking soda, both, one or the other. Depends on your recipe. Salt, sugar, brown and white. I don't know why people don't use white. Like, just, I don't know why people don't use brown sugar in their recipes, but that's them. Mm. (laughs) They can do what they want. Eggs. So... Things like seven, seven or eight ingredients, max. And and the the flour or the like is it flour does it matter what type like what types of flour do you think make the best cookies because there's a lot of different flours out there i think think all purpose makes the best cookies i think uh, you got to be willing to pay for the flour to get the product that you want Mm. i'll say that i'll say if you go in and buying a 20 pound bag of flour that only costs you five dollars your cookie's not gonna come out right so the raw ingredients definitely are like the, the, the foundation of what what you gotta it really invest in to come up it's with the, like anything the else yeah any, any, you know, if you're building a house your house gonna be trash if you use trash ingredients mm. 
Like, if you use shoddy wood, if you use shoddy bricks, if you use the wrong mortar, like, your house not going to stay up. It's the same exact thing with cookies. You use really cheap butter, it might have too much water content. Mm. You don't know that. You just know that it's cheap. It, it, there's there's so much that goes into it. And that's why when people ask for the recipe, I'd be like, no. So did you like learn, did you learn this essentially through trial and error? Like yeah. trying cheap ingredients to see what it comes out with, then figuring yeah. out, oh man, that's trash. That's not going to well, work. I mean, I had to start, start with cheap ingredients. Mm. Like I for sure started there, but you have to decide that you want to to make the best product you can i had to just keep searching till i found it i would make a little bit of money and i'd be like let me try this more expensive <laughs> product and i'd be like okay that works let me figure out how to like how how to change the recipe for that to fit fit that because you you need differing amounts based on the quality of the product too getting my first scale made a huge difference mm -hmm. like my first scale like for baking made a huge difference mm. because doing something by cups and doing it by weight two totally different things oh so because i so from what i understand when it comes to baking i watch a lot of kitchen uh master chef like that right and when it comes time to bake something people get in trouble because baking is so precise it's, it's more like science scientific like x amount mm -hmm. of this y amount of that Etc. So you even saying measuring based off of a measuring cup versus the it weight can, is can even makes a very wrong. <laughs> hmm. That's I don't think I've ever really heard anybody mention that before. That's a that's something to, to really consider. Like so so from a just a, from your pr opinion, if you're serious about cooking, you probably want to weigh what you're putting into the food versus measure with a cup or absolutely absolutely. Absolutely. And like, like the flour bags tell, tell you like the weight of a cup. There's no excuse for you to not do it that way unless you just really don't care how it comes out, which is uh, fine. Because you could be eyeballing a cup and be wrong. You'd be 30% more weight, even though you think. And that's right. why your cookies will be crumbly because <laughs> you put way too much flour in. Right. Okay. I'm following. I'm following. I'm following. Oh, all right. So, all right. So if that's the cookies and the <laughs> ingredients, I guess my question is, if you went into that corporate route, mm -hmm. coming back after separating from Atlanta, <laughs> how did you then go back to cookies? Like what cookies kept calling your name. So it's like you went corporate, but still you ended up back in cookies. What, what, how did you end up finding time to do that again? So... Between all of that, let me tell you, like, so my mom died in the period between me, like... Sorry to hear that. Me too. Between me leaving, like, Georgia permanently and being in Durham. So I had, like, low-key started to, like, really feed into it, and I stopped. And I stopped, and I went corporate, and then... But the corporate job I had was, like, temporary. I was helping close down a department at a healthcare company here because I'm a great administrative like person. So they pulled me in because they had already pushed the administrative assistant that was in that department to someplace else because they want to keep her on. So I came in basically just for a couple months. When I left, I actually started meal prepping. A lot of folks don't know I cook. I like I, I cooked before I baked for real. Because again, what? originally I wanted to cook. <laughs> Mm, but it was like right. shot down. So any chance I get, I'm in the kitchen cooking. Like I enjoy it. Um, so I started meal prepping and I added cookies. I would add like cookies to one of my clients who's like a great friend of mine named Ashley. And she would be like, these cookies are really good. <laughs> and I just kind of kept 
like tweaking it. And I was actually just going to sell dough for a really long time. But the logistics of like selling the dough and keeping it cold is just a lot. I just didn't do it. And then I ended up switching jobs. I got another job. I would like, I did Instacart for a while and shipped for a while, Uber. And then I met my second daughter's dad. And then I ended up you know, pregnant with her. And then I was at home. So I had plenty of time to like try to figure out what I wanted to do. And bacon just was always it. Like I like I couldn't ever figure out anything else. As good as I am at like being in the office and stuff, cookies just was what I really wanted to do. I got so so I I, I personally like I know it, it's it's something that you've experienced and it's your journey. But I love hearing these types of stories because it, your 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 children are not only a blessing, but they're also the thing that took you to what is absolutely that that will really open up the doors for you here and this 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 thing that you're doing currently like so a double whammy of a blessing well know? i wanted to be able to be there too like i think the biggest thing for me was like if i do this i'll be able to have my own schedule yeah like i won't ever have to be like i gotta be here at this time i can't pick you up i can't do this if i need to be there i can pull up so so when you're when you're when you're because like you said, you went that corporate route for a reason, a respectable and, and a, a reasonable. It makes sense to go that route, given the circumstance. When you're pursuing something as an entrepreneur, it is more risky because you don't have the same things that come with a, a corporate corporate job and, and the security isn't there. I'm curious just for yourself making that transition from say a corporate situation as a as a woman now would you describe yourself as a single parent or i don't i don't want to so for part of the time i was a single parent i'm definitely a single parent now but i co-parent with my second daughter's father it's always complicated to try to be like hey, i'm a single parent but i only have my other daughter half of the time because he's there mm -hmm. and present but I did Uber and Instacart and shipped. So so I didn't drop straight from like working. Got I went it. to working and I did that. And then until I got to the point where my cookies was making enough money for me to stop Instacart, I was still doing it. So when you were doing the meal prep, putting the cookies in as a side, because now the cookies is the meal. When you were doing meal prep, at what point did it change to where I'm not doing meals, I'm just doing cookies? Like, when did you first start like seeing cookies as the main thing? So for me, honestly, I always wanted it to be the main thing. Like mm -hmm. once I got back into baking, I always wanted to do that. But of course, meal, meal prep pays more when you're getting it from like one person. So I ended up doing that. But essentially when I got pregnant with my second daughter, had my second daughter, was home with her. And when my other daughter was home as well, I was like, okay, what can I do that gives me the kind of schedule that I need to be able to be there at home with them and be able to be present and not trying to like do work on home or like trying to be on like my phone at home doing work. Cause I, I, tr I tried all of that. But once, once I sold my first wholesale and was like, okay, I think people might, might like them. I was like, okay. What's wholesale mean? So when I sell them to somebody else and they sell them, my relationship with the Dinkery is like, is wholesale. W was that your first wholesale? That was my second wholesale, but that was the wholesale that like, I was like, this is the one. So And, 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 and I always and, and, wanted that wholesale. Like he was like, 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 like the Dinkery was like my vision board wholesale operation. So shout out, like, shout out to the Dinkery.
And uh, what's the? I, I don't. I don't know the gentleman personally, but do you know the, yeah. the owner's name? Yeah. Ian. Ian. He's he, like I know he's got the original location in Durham. Has since opened up a second location out in Raleigh. So um, there's only the one in Raleigh right now. Okay. But he's okay. opening up a second location, but I'm not sure where is it. Okay. His brand and how he's grown his his food business over mm -hmm. time. I would love to get him on a podcast too, but that was where I first I follow him on Instagram and that's where I first saw your cookies. <laughs> it's it's interesting hearing that that relationship was the thing that really gave you the confidence to go into it 100%. It was seeing he would po post a cookie mm -hmm. and was like, I've been posting them forever. People was never looking at them. I'd get like maybe like 100 views. Mm -hmm. He would post them up and they'd get like 10,000 views in like mm -hmm. a day. And I was like, people really looking at these, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. And then people would start to comment about like how good they were and stuff. And I was just like, okay, people really do like them. Not, it's not just me and my daughters who were like, these cookies are bomb. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And I actually started out with a smaller cookie. It was smaller. So it always wasn't a 3.5. It wasn't. I think it was maybe like 2.3 or something. So it was smaller. Okay. Um, but I like, I wasn't happy with it. I was like, they're good, but I would always want two. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to make it a little bit bigger, charge a little bit more, but I'm going to make it a little bit bigger. And that's the size I stuck with. I'm, wor I'm working on a larger size, too. Like, what would be you making like a quarter cookie or? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a 5.5 ounce cookie um, with the Rare Batch brand, a bespoke brand that I'm kind of working on. Like the special flavors, the Reese's Explosion cookie that I did for um, somebody. I just made a peanut butter cookie that's stuffed with Reese's. This stuff, cookies and cream cookie. The stuffed Twix cookie that I just posted up, that's a 5.5 5 ounce. My goodness. So, like when you say 5.5, 3.5, are we talking like you weigh the ball or the, yeah. the, the before you put it on the, the, the baking sheet. So the crazy thing is that the weight don't change. Oh, wow. I could put it on the scale and it's still going to be three and a half. Wow. Hmm. So that means nothing gets lost in the cooking no. process. Mm -mm. It's all nothing in there. Nothing's wasted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. Bruce, word up. So, so partnership or or doing business, selling to the Dankery Wholesale and, and, and getting that exposure really like gave you the belief. Like, I'm just curious, like, can you just speak to the realities of being a full-time business owner who has made a way with two kids to make a living in a pursuit of, of selling cookies? Like, can you just speak to, to that reality? Because I, I just want to say that that's like... That's super fire. Like being able to being able to not just create a life for yourself, but do that around something you you actually enjoy doing. And the fact that you do all of these by hand is crazy to me. Just can you talk a little bit about like the reality of what that's like and, and, and what it takes to maintain? I'm going to be honest. It's just continuing to do it. Like, mm. I know people, like, there's really nothing else. Like, I started out with slow. <laughs> it would take me forever to bake, like, the smaller orders that I would have. And I can do them orders now in, like, 30 minutes. So it's really just, like, the consistency. Like, getting your basketball players that practice, like, they shot. Mm -hmm. You just got to be doing it constantly. So baking for me, doing it by hand was something. Again, I tried to listen to somebody else. I, I bought a mixer. I got a, a 
beautiful mixer that sits on my counter and does nothing. Because what is it I about the hand? Like, what, what is it? What is it about the fact the that dough. your cookies are made by hand? So when you make them by hand, I know people think that like, okay, she just mix it. She be mix mixing stuff in, but she probably make the dough on the mixer. I do it all by hand. I cream my butter by hand, and I do it because you know when you're doing it by hand, you know when it's there. You can stop it. Like the minute that you're like we're incorporated you're done with a mixer you guessing you you really don't even know if it's gotten everything out of the bottom and then you stop and scrape it so it's just like when i do it by hand i get it to about if anybody's ever ever made like pasta or bread mm -hmm. like i get it to that phase where it's kind of mixed in and i start and i basically need my dough like by hand to get it to where it's incorporated and then i mix mix in my ingredients by hand but for me it's i know what it feels like when it's ready. Mm -hmm. I can tell you before I put the cookies in the oven if they're going to do what they're supposed to do or not because I've been touching the dough for so long. That's crazy. So you just like one with the dough. That's how it feels for real. Yeah. Like, like when I get into the kitchen and I'm in the process of mixing and I got like my audio book going or like my music going, depending on how I'm feeling that day, magic for me. It feels so good. Man, it tastes so good. Like, pause. <laughs> like, it tastes. These are delicious cookies. Like, like, so hold up. So, so, but, but, but you said, so if, 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 okay, hold on. Let me just, let me just take a, a brief pause for a second, because when it comes to these cookies and making them by hand, and you mentioned that the dankery was like sort of the breakout, like how did, how did you, because as a, as a business owner, being able to solicit and facilitate like relationships with other businesses, it, it, it doesn't just fall into your lap per se. So I'm curious, like, how did you establish that relationship with the Dankery and, and how have you, what has that experience been like trying to establish relationships with other local vendors so that you could, I guess, sell to them wholesale would be the, yeah. the term here? Yeah. Um, honestly, I just had to get out of my own way. Like, I just had to decide I was just going to take some cookies up there one day. And I did. He liked them. He was like, bring a dozen. I came in basically with an offer. People would be silly to refuse because I'm adding to your bottom line by just by you putting something out on your counter. It's not really adding no extra work for your staff or nothing. Add something sweet to the end of the meal. So it's going to raise your ticket. Um, So I came in with something that was really, really hard, hard to refuse. And honestly, watching it grow from like, our first wholesale order, I think, was like under $100 to being like, oh, can you bring twice that amount the next week? And then being devastated when like twice that amount didn't sell the next week. <laughs> you mm -hmm. feel me? Like, mm -hmm. and pushing through that and the fact that he was cool, bring the same amount the next week and then they sold out. So him having that knowledge of his customer base was helpful. Mm -hmm. Him being like, just bring the same amount. Even when I was feeling like real cautious, like, are you sure you want me to bring the same amount? Because again, I don't want nobody to be wasting their time or money either. And what I appreciate about Ian is like, he pays up front. Mm. And I appreciate that because as somebody that has to go and buy these expensive ingredients, it's nice when a wholesaler is like, I'm a pay because I'm just like any other vendor. If you go buy chicken, if you go buy anything else, like you got paid to have it. So it's nice right. that he treats me the same way. Cause um, as you said, I had, I've been trying to work with other people and it just never goes well for me. Like Ian's very about his business and I appreciate that about him. Never no hard feelings. It's all literally like what what's going to be the best thing for everybody involved. And there's a flavor that the customers really like. We'll try to add it more to the menu if it's something like. So just the consistent growth has been because we're both interested in it working. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
some of the other places I've tried weren't as interested in it working and one where it was working really well, but it was working too well, which mm. I still I don't understand how a product could sell too well when you're making money off of it. But I definitely, I appreciate Lawrence Barbecue, um, the owner, Jake, he runs Lee, Leroy's Taco Shop. And I have cookies there now too. And that relationship is like crazy because he's just letting me sell cookies there. He's just allowing me to have a spot on his counter, which feels like family to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, shout out to Lawrence Barbecue and Leroy's Tygo Shop. I do f with them both establishments. Uh, I would say <clears throat> people might go there and say, man, that might. So if there's a critique on his establishment, it would probably be like anything else. People say it costs a little bit more than what you want to pay. It's so good, though. And I have to agree. The quality <laughs> of what you get is, is pretty I'm good. I'm paying for food that's, 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 that's made right there that day. Yeah. So I'm like, you can go like you can go to Chick-fil-A today and spend $30 on two people. Yeah, easy. So why not go to a local location and spend $30 on two people and get food that was made for you today, not frozen and sent in? Like, I, I listen, no, <laughs> I have a I, lot of opinions on what people I agree. say. That crazy. I agree. I agree. I think he's got, I think he's got a good thing going. I definitely rock with the brisket over there. Super heavy. And one time, man, they had, they have a little, like, little special joints that come up every blue moon. But, man, they had these beef ribs over there one time, man. Oh, my gosh. Beef ribs they got crazy. Some, um, the oysters be crazy. Mm. Like, they, 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 they definitely got a pretty nice, like, I, I like what they do over there and I support them. But it's nice to hear that they're supporting you and what you're doing as well. It's incredible. It, so, shout out to my photographer. <laughs> Anna, who shoots the cookie pictures, not the videos, because I shoot those myself. But she shoots all my like stills that are on like the website and stuff like that. She shoots all of those. Um, she shoots for him as well. And she kept pushing me to talk to him. She was like, Ashley, <laughs> go. And I was like, okay. And he was he he was opening the taco shop. And she yeah. was like, this is the perfect time for you to go up there. And I was like, okay. And I was persistent. I probably got on his nerves because I was not going to go away because I thought that it would be a really good you know, link too. And it's, it's turned out well. I like that it's very just like quiet and organic and people just come and they're like, oh, there's cookies here. Because um, I don't, I don't really, I don't push it as much because it's in an, it's in a location where there's other sweets places as well. Yeah, and I don't want to step yeah. on nobody's toes um, because like for me, like I say, it just feels like he's doing something for family. And I appreciate that. I'm not trying to oversell there. I'm not trying to push crazy amounts of product through there to add some dessert to the counter. And I'm happy to be there. And it's, 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 it's crazy. When we're talking about fish though, going back to the, Catfish. Ian just added a fish sandwich on Sundays at the Dankery. Anybody that was waiting for that, it's there, available. You need to go get it. Word up. So, like, like just being a local, like, the Dankery, Lawrence uh, Barbecue, and, and the Leroy's Taco Shop, like, those are some pretty uh, high-traffic, popular uh, establishments in the area. And the fact that you were able to establish those relationships and get your product inside of there where they are, you know, people get access to it is, is, a, is a huge accomplishment. So, you know, shout out to you and the other parties involved for helping get that, you know, off the ground and, and going. So, I guess I'm what I'm what I'm curious to hear is like you you got the luxury brand coming. You're already kind of got your cookies. Like I guess what 
what do you have on the roadmap here in the, in the short to, to near future uh, as it relates to Ashley Bakes Daily and, and where people can yeah. find your cookies? So I've started doing a larger events this year, weddings, baby showers, bridal showers, birthday parties. So that's been pretty cool um, to allow people to sort of decide the flavors that they want. Oh, or wow. Like, go back, back through like the videos I've made and pick cookies because a lot of those cookies like I will only sell like by the dozen. So for people that are doing events, it's perfect. Cause like, if I'm gonna make a banana bread cookie, what people got to know is that I'm going to buy the bananas, let them brown, make the banana bread, then make the cookies. Oh, so I'm not going to so sell two cookies. Like it, it, it needs to be the whole dozen. That's why those cookies don't end up on the website because- So you'll I'm make not, the banana bread? The same way I make the cake for the red velvet cookies and cream. Oh my goodness, yo. Oh my goodness. So like, going to my I'm about to get that red velvet next. You say you got to get a whole dozen? Unless I put them on the site for sale. Hey, that's okay with me. So that's like, but well, you, they to pop your point, up some... though, the perfect holiday or something like that. Like if you're going somewhere with family or friends yeah. and you pop up with 12 of those, people going to be straight. They're loving you. They're yeah. mad you didn't bring two dozen at that point. They're upset. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working on some cookie mix, some dry cookie mix, so people can bake at home with their families. Oh, nice. Um, nice. I got some testers out in the community now, people like trying to test them out and see how the dough bakes up. I've gotten good reviews so far. And I got a gluten-free and vegan set dough mix coming out too. So I'm just trying to get my name out there, trying to trying to make it as world worldwide as possible without franchising. It's just not something I'm interested in. Like Word. So the cookie mix, is it uh, just add water or you got to add more you ingredients? You got to add butter that? and eggs only. Butter and eggs only. So it's okay. literally on the same sort of scale as the cookie mix that they have now except for it's gonna come out like my cookies come out and you can make them smaller if you want or bigger because they're gonna bake the same way you just got to change your timing but the dough itself will bake up the same so it'll be nice if like a family buys a set and let me get these add-ons to be able to make this many it'll just be cool for them to be able to do it as a family and just know it's gonna come out right every time and know what's going into it know know that it's not no crazy wild ingredients in your stuff that you're making with your kids at home. But adding the vegan gluten-free stuff was important to me because people kept asking for it. Um, shout out to Brooke, who really pushed me out of my zone. Um, she runs West Nutrition. She really pushed me out of my zone to make the vegan gluten-free. I worked on getting those done and I just kind of never turned back. Now I got that recipe locked in. So they come out just like the regular cookies. They come out exactly like that. This the s'mores joint with the marshmallows and the grab cracker, man. This motherfucker, hey, I, I do like, cause I, I, I'm, I, so, but the, the, uh, the, uh, the fruity pebbles. That's, that's probably my favorite one of the three that I had. I had the cinnamon toast crunch, the s'mores joint. Y'all just look at how thick the cookie is. You just want, you can't wait to break it open cause the marshmallows just like teasing you. You're just like, dang, like you just know, like, is teasing you, but this is the s'mores joint. And when you say 3.5, like, I mean, let's just, just, how we get it right in the middle there? Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, it's like, oh my goodness. Like, man, delicious. Like, just break it again. Like, just let them see it from this side. Like, oh. <laughs> Ah, That's how I feel. Oh, my goodness, man. These, you said like 
they're feeling like I eat more than one, but I don't have to. You feel what I'm saying? Like I don't need to. Like right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, mm, 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 mm. I'm just screwing all in the microphone. Moment of silence. Delicious, I'm telling you. And I'm a n- who love cookies. Like love cookies. That's my snack of. Snacks. I can't believe you had never had them. So look. I'm gonna keep it a stack. I've been following your. Uh, let me pick up these crumbs. I've been following your uh, Instagram for a minute, and I was like, "I'm gonna get her cookies." Pause. Okay. But I said, "I'm definitely gonna get her cookies." I was like, "Man, what? I need to eat her cookies on the podcast. People gonna have to know because they the, the your videos are already like spectacular. Like every time you show a cookie, I'm like, let me see what she got today. Like I gotta see those cookies every day on the page." But man, I was like, I need to make sure that when I get this cookie, I want to make sure I'm able to share the fresh thoughts with Ashley Bates Daily herself because I go to Lawrence's. I've been in the taco shop twice. And when I saw your cookies in there, I was like, I got to reach out because I didn't realize he was with the people like that. I really yeah. didn't. I really didn't. And I was like, okay, she's doing her thing over here. Yeah, these cookies is crazy. Let me go ahead and link up. And you were so receptive. So I appreciate you so much for... Not only just from a social media standpoint, we was able to connect somewhat early, but just being open to coming up here and sharing your story. Yeah. You were so open. It was such a great hearing about your background and just the, the vulnerability, the honesty. I didn't like, know we was going to start off so so deep, though. I was like, I didn't either. Like, I didn't know I was going to be in my Barbara Walters bag either. I didn't know that that's how we was going to do it. But like, I, I, in all honesty, like I, I really, I really, really appreciate you being open to just speaking about your background, your story, some of the things that you experienced getting to this point, because I think for anybody listening, like the thing I think that's so dope about you, Ashley, is, is like you've built a business off of cookies. You feel what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like that is fire. It's, 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 it's cookies. It's cookies. And when you have a passion for something, even if it's cookies, you can turn it into something beyond what you maybe even think is in front of you. Right. And the, the, in you sharing how your, 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 your children are ultimately what really like got you even further down the wormhole of getting closer with the cookies. Such a great story to me. And I had no clue necessarily like how how you got from one point to the next. But in hearing you share like what that journey was like, I got to make this a part of my routine. Oh, we got holidays coming up. Got to make sure I get a dozen for this, two dozen for that. So I'm definitely going to be circling back through to support what you're doing. But I'm happy to just see that you're in these local local spots, working with these local entrepreneurs, establishing your network. And it's cookies so if you're out there and you're watching this and you have a passion for something even if it's cookies brownies washing cars cutting grass whatever it is you can turn it into something what i'm saying like don't don't like take pride in what you do no matter what it is because you just never know what might be on the other side of that i i really want to shout you out and i appreciate you for just joining and being so open with us this evening before we sort of close it out like do you have any like anything for the listeners that you hope 
obviously the cookies. We're going to put the information in the description. We know where to f follow on social media, know where to order on their website. So we got that in the description if you're looking for that. But any last words, anything you would hope that the listeners take away from after, after uh, listening to this episode? I think the biggest thing for me is just to not give up and to listen to the people that do believe in you even when like you don't believe in yourself because i will definitely say having you know, people like my aunt having people like um, my best friend me having like so, so, some of the first purchasers of products that i would put out that i was just like these ain't quite ready but they would still they would really rock with me and believe them like if somebody tells you somebody outside of your immediate circle tells you that you can do something like continue to do it because mm -hmm. they don't have no reason to lie to you <laughs> like they don't have any reason to be nice about it. They don't have any reason you know, to not support you. And even family, Ma is real big on education. So for her to support me so hard in baking cookies when she's when I haven't finished school <laughs> shows me that I, that I'm doing something right. Because she still want me to finish. Um, but the support for the cookies is like real big, real real big. The so cookies are undeniable. Like you need to go to school and teach these. How to make these cookies? We tell you being honest because, like, this right here, just in this one bite alone. Let me see if you can just see what I'm about. It just in the one bite alone, you get all these little flavors, the textures. Like, man, oh man, these are like. So when you say like everything's handmade, I have to say like, not only do they taste good, the, it, the texture. Pause. The texture mm -hmm. is just. This is a great thing to chew on. Pause. It's just a great cookie. It's just like, this is the right texture. I don't know what to say. Just something about these cookies, man. Like, you you definitely know what you're doing, and I'm not gassing you either. Like, as a who love cookies, like, these are definitely some 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 gourmet cookies, and this ain't even the, the rare batch collection. So I'm definitely going to step my game up on the next circle around and see what the, what the 5.5s is talking about. <laughs> now that I see what the 3.5s is doing. Shout out to you. Shout out to Ashley Bakes Daily. Thank if you. If you don't know, make sure you go get you some right there in the website. You ship, right? Correct. So if anybody's listening yeah. anywhere, you ship. Do you ship? Uh, I ship today. Um, when it's really, really, really hot, you might you might have to wait till a little bit of a cooler day, like just 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 so that you get the product in edible form and it's not like melted in the bags. Because um, I use like real chocolate chunks and stuff. But it don't stay solid. It's not like chocolate chips that have like stuff added to keep them that cute little chip. So if it's hot, that chocolate gonna melt. So I do I do ship. I also have pickup Mondays when I'm in town at my shop on Guest Road. Um, shout out to Cherry Realty because I wouldn't have a commercial space if it wasn't for them. I pestered the out of them too. So I would definitely say continue. Like like if you have a belief in something, if my my last word would definitely be like continue to pursue it. Like if you feel like people were like, you ain't gonna put a cookie shop in the shed. I did. And I love <laughs> it. I did. That's really all I needed. But for me, I'm just like for them to have built me a shed in the back, their commercial property, so I could sell my cookies is insane to me. Like still, mm. I, like, like I still like I drive up and can't believe it. And I'm just like, like they really built this for me and then let me do the interior however I want it. And I'm like, all I gotta do is pay rent every month. It's wild. So just con like, just continue what you're doing. That's wow. all like, just like, don't, don't stop because I regret every time that I like stopped. Mm. Cause I sit and I think and I'm like, man, how far along would I be? But I can't focus on that. So I just focus on baking. It all happens for a reason. The lessons learned is, is the takeaway along the journey. So we don't repeat the same mistakes. I hope you don't stop making these cookies. I'll tell you that much. This is the G podcast where we focus on family, friends, finances, freedom, and our future and 
everything else. Let me bleep my words. We got the kitties in the background. Once again, we greatly appreciate y'all listening. This is the G Podcast. Make sure y'all go tap in with Ashley Bates Daily. I'm not taking no talk back. This is a great job.